You're listening to At The Mic with Keith, an independent podcast production. Welcome to another episode of At The Mic. I'm your host, Keith Malinak. There are a lot of fascinating people who work at the Blaze TV, and one of those is the managing producer of the show Stu Does America. His name is Adam Ford, and he recently sat down with me and we discussed, well, Barney the Dinosaur's inspirational tree, (laughs) how it was to work for Joy Behar, and growing up among the Amish. Huh. Oh, we also talked about uh, herpetologists. (laughs) All right, let's get right to it. Adam Ford, this week's guest on At The Mic. I'm here with Adam Ford, a co-worker of mine, for how many years have you... Well, first, you know, before I do this stuff, let me just... I owe you an apology, okay? I'm ready. Because I walked into this room two and a half minutes late, okay? (laughs) See, I am always the guy who shows up early, Mm -hmm. okay? Well, apparently not today. Apparently not today. And you were waiting out there in the hallway to come in here... And I felt bad enough at that, and then I was two and a half minutes late, and so I didn't respect your time, and I'm sorry. So thank you for being prompt, because you, you, sir, are the, I think, the only person in this building that shows up where they're supposed to be on time, and so thank you, and I'm sorry that I betrayed that trust. It took years of practice to get there, and uh, years of beatings by my father to uh, to get that way. But the uh, the two and a half <laughs> minutes was uh, was not a bad thing. If, if you'll notice where I was sitting, I was under the Barney tree. Oh, yeah. and, and what a better spot for inspiration for something like this That's true. than under the Barney tree. Yeah, yeah. So this is really a spiritually enlightening time for me. And, That's uh, good to know. But <laughs> now, is the rumor true? We, I don't know, we molested that Barney tree and cut it in half, right? Because didn't it used to be a lot taller? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we destroyed it. It's, uh, That's sad. I mean, with it went well, so many innocent childhoods. We didn't destroy it. We we made it more efficient. It's it's oh, it's a better tree now. Better just tree. like all the trees in the rainforest, you know, they were just sitting there doing nothing as far as I'm concerned, Thank but you. now they're paper. Right. Toilet paper. They serve a purpose. They're useful. Thank you. <laughs> Humans needed newspapers more than monkeys needed uh, wait, there's no monkeys down there. They're all dead. <laughs> Cut down their homes. Messed that up. <laughs> Big time. Okay, so you, sir, have been employed here at The Blaze for how long? Long time. Coming up on uh, a decade in, in April, I think. Nice. Okay. So, <laughs> hold on a second. Wait, wait. I got to do quick math here. Mm-hmm. So, did you work with The Blaze then before Glenn moved his operations down here to Dallas? I sure did. I was uh, I was Glenn's first TV intern at CNN in, what was that, 2007? Wow. Just a, a summer internship, randomly yeah. assigned. Uh, that's how I got to, to know a lot of the people that are, are still around because they were working with that operation. Um, finished the summer, went back to school, graduated, uh, hit up all my contacts from the internship, uh, ended up back at CNN on uh, <laughs> the wonderful Joy Behar program, or oh. whatever we called it. That was uh, yes. Just high high tier television. Was she fun to work with? She was very nice. She uh, really. She was very good to her staff. Really? Absolutely. Oh mm-hmm. my goodness, that's good to hear. I wouldn't believe that if I didn't know you. Yeah, there there were. Uh, I'm sure there were diva moments, but I, I was pretty low on the totem pole. Okay. Uh, and she she was she invited the whole staff over to her house, uh, through a whole party. Whoopi was there. It was. Uh, wow. It was kind of cool. You know, oh, that's cool. No no regrets for that, but. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I I only lasted a year or so on uh, on that show. Did at, you at, leave or were you? I did. I uh, I was very happy to abandon the CNN ship and head over to Mercury Radio Arts, where gotcha. uh, Glenn Beck was about to leave Fox News and start his new thing. Okay. So that that was when I uh, 
I came in in a, a full-time capacity. So it's just ironic that you grew up in Dallas, and now you're back here, huh? Well, born in Dallas. And, I'm sorry. And, that's right. You were yeah, born in Dallas. I'm mo- sorry. Moved yeah. away like when I was a year old. Okay. And, uh, and was that traumatic? I mean, that first year, you, you must have put down roots. And uh, I, I mean, yeah. It's, uh, Colleyville was, was uh-huh. where we, we had our house, and uh, it was just you know real hard to leave. But we, we were headed for uh, the green pastures of uh, Connecticut. So. Uh, <laughs> well, so well, wait now. How did you grow up then in Amish country, Pennsylvania? Um, it looks like it's Lancaster County, but I think it's pronounced Lancaster. Lancaster, yes. you got it. So, did you go from Dallas to Pennsylvania straight through, or you went to Connecticut? Dallas first? to Connecticut okay. until fourth grade, okay. and then to Amish country in fifth grade, where I stayed uh, through college in Philly and uh, onward to New York. And so, you took a horse and buggy everywhere you went, right? Oh yeah, mm-hmm. right. That, it was is a weird dynamic out there. Uh, <laughs> part of my driver's test, I had to prove that I could correctly pass a horse and buggy. On the streets, which involves, you know, not being on a hill, signaling, getting over a lane, oh. all the stuff we ignore because we just buzz by them as close as we can, you know, yeah. try to nick, them, nick the horse with our window on the way by, you know, <laughs> just liven up their day a little bit. But uh, Yeah, so, I mean, because I've, I've, when we lived up there, we went to Amish country, you know, mm-hmm. and like spent a weekend. It's a trip. Some, yeah, it's, it's, it's a whole new world. Uh, it's fascinating. In fact, I remember getting the tour of some sort of, like, house or whatever that was set up, you know, from the period, and it was right behind a Target. And so, but I remember passing on the road uh, the horses and the buggies. I never thought that that would be incorporated into a driving test, Mm -hmm. but that makes total sense. But it's a it's beautiful up there if you don't mind the smell. If you don't mind the smell, but no, it's it's really cool. So obviously, not everybody in Amish country, not everybody in Lancaster County. Pennsylvania is Amish. Correct. I would say the minority That's, is, I was gonna is ask Amish. You, do you know what the percentage is? Don't make me Google it. I don't, I don't know okay, the percentage. But, I, I'd okay. say probably about 75% what they call English and, and 25% Amish. Uh, okay. Depends where you go. They're, they're very localized. You know, there will be a couple of miles where it's a ton of farms grouped together. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you'll have the, the, I love calling it the English area because they call us the English. Wow. Um, That's fun. It just, it seems like just a, a normal suburbia. Okay, so you grew up basically in the Northeast after spending a year here in Dallas. Yep. Have uh, one sibling? Yes, older sister, Ashley. Mm-hmm. Okay, very cool. How close are you guys in age? She's three years older than me. She's uh, she's up in Pennsylvania. She does teaching, and uh, she's a karate instructor on the side. Oh, wow. My, uh, my sister and father are both black belts in karate. Oh, my gosh. I bet. Hold on. When did she start taking classes? Oh, when, when she was very young. Oh, no. Um, probably... 13 or 14 years did old. Did you guys get along or did she kick your butt all the time? <laughs> we uh, <laughs> we had a, a tumultuous relationship <laughs> oh, no. that, that, that grew into us being very close eventually. Cool. Um, but yeah, I, I made it to Greenbelt in karate and then I quit uh, because I wanted to play hockey. Hold on. Well, first of all, oh, we got to talk about hockey. That's awesome. <laughs> Straight uh, hockey, not ice hockey. Oh, I can't. I'm with you. I'm with you. Yeah, yeah. If it... I, we got a lot to talk about hockey, but first things first, if I remember correctly, remember, you'd go to a, maybe you don't remember, I don't know, how, how old are you? 33. 33, okay. So, um, you're 33, when I was a kid, it, the, the Karate Kid movie was a thing, mm-hmm. and you'd go to the theater, and you'd get a coupon, hey, free, you know, five free lessons or whatever at the, at the karate no place way. next door to the theater. That's oh, yeah. awesome. Oh, that was huge, yeah. And that's why so many kids my generation, they're... Got into karate. Uh huh. Everybody walked in, wanted to do the crane move, right? Right, yeah. right. Mm-hmm. So I remember, I remember. Well, first of all, being terrible at it. <laughs> okay, but I remember really struggling to go from the white belt to the yellow belt to the green belt. Mm-hmm. Is that right? 
Uh, depends on the form. I, I was tongue pseudo. I think there's okay because I was about to say not impressed if you made a two level advancement. But you're <laughs> it, talking about you were really up there then, huh? No, it was about no? two belts. Oh well, then. All right, well forget <laughs> that setup. Sorry. They said I had a real affinity for it though. They said I could have like gone and gone on to get really good at it. Um, uh huh. And then they said I didn't like the sound of that at all. I was gonna <laughs> say did, did they say that while they were showing you how much the next course would cost? And <laughs> oh, you're doing but, so great. But to circle back to your question. Um, my sister won a lot more arguments the, the further up in, in belts that she got. So That would make sense. Yes, ma'am. Whatever you say. Absolutely. Uh, okay, so you, you alluded to street hockey. Mm-hmm. Oh, my yes. gosh. I've never heard anyone ever talk about playing street hockey other than me. Oh, and man. The, you know, 20 years that it's been since I've had a chance to play. It was huge in our town. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Gap, Pennsylvania. We had the, uh, the Salisbury Township Youth Hockey League. Um, it was a league? It was a league. There were probably... Wow. 10 or 12 teams of, uh, you know, 15 kids per um, from all around the area. It was it was a big deal. And hold on. So that was running around in shoes, right? Or was no, it skating? Uh, so that's more like roller hockey type stuff. Yeah. Huh? Yeah. I'm sorry. Not street hockey. Okay. Roller, roller hockey. Because I just run around, man. We I call can't. it street hockey because it sounds cool. It does sound cool. Yeah. But no, we had like the fancy like mission skates and stuff with the ball bearings that spin for two hours and oh stuff. Oh, my and, goodness. Yeah. See, I would have learned how to skate. Well. And know how to stop more, more specifically. You got to drag that toe. Yeah, if there was a league, mm-hmm. you know, that's cool. We had like uh, down at the the Gap Town Park, we had uh, two concrete uh, rinks with you know little foot high lips, and then fencing for the rest of it. Uh, that is cool. You know, there, there's they were pretty no contact about it, but we didn't care. You know, we, this got pretty brutal. I bet it did. So how what was the age range that you played that? That would probably be from about the time I was. Well, we we were playing out in the cul-de-sac, you know, yeah. from the time I yep. was 12. I didn't join the league till about 14. You're speaking and, my language, yeah. Yeah, 14, 15, 16. That, that, that kind of year range before uh, high school got to high schooly. Okay, to high schooly, yeah. So, um, so it was an organized league. Sounds like a blast. It was fun. Yeah. yeah. What position did you play? I was, they pretty much just split us into offense and defense. And if yeah. you were right-handed, you took right wing. <laughs> if you were left-handed, so I, I played right wing offense. That's awesome. Very cool. Okay, so grew up there. You eventually went to college at uh, Temple. Sure did. In Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. And you majored in broadcast journalism. How was that? Uh, it was good. I, I actually came in uh, under print journalism. They had it split up between print, radio, and television. When I selected print, the uh, the very first thing that my teacher told me was pretty much, this is a dying industry. You don't want to be in newspapers. <laughs> uh, you need to yeah. rethink your career path. And I was like, totally. oh, okay. So uh, broadcast it was. And, okay. Uh, it, it was. Uh, I went to Temple because it was either that or Penn State for accredited schools of journalism in Pennsylvania. And my sister was already at Penn State, and, my and you ath- knew she could kick your butt. That too. And you yeah. wanted to stay mm-hmm. away. It's a, it's a big area, though. I'm pretty fast. <laughs> I could probably run away. But uh, it scared me how big uh, main campus was. Oh, wow. We used to go to concerts at the uh, the Bryce Jordan Center, and that's terrifying. Huh. So um, my SAT scores weren't quite good enough for main campus. I would have had to do a satellite school for two years, mm. and, that, and that just it sounded like a whole thing. So <laughs> Let's be honest. That's why all of us got into broadcast journalism, <laughs> because our <laughs> scores weren't good enough for any other Something like situation. That. Yeah. Something like that. So Philly, I went. Okay, okay, because I majored, uh, I went to the University of Nebraska, and I mean, it's basically the same degree you're talking about, mm-hmm. broadcast journalism. I think it was uh, journalism and mass communication, something like that. And I do remember that the year that I enrolled there was the last year you didn't have to take any math classes. Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, lucky. Right. You only had to take two years of a foreign language mm-hmm. instead of four. 
And uh, I forget, there's one other thing. I got in like at the right time because mm-hmm. I don't know if you're familiar with me. I can't handle a simple math problem, so it worked out nicely. But I grew <laughs> you're up. You're in good company. <laughs> yeah, right. So, and and let's be honest, being broadcast majors, we have no real marketable skills outside of this building. Nope, none. So it better work out, or, or we're doing something completely different. I keep an eye on the Alamo Drafthouse website to see if they're hiring servers, just in case. <laughs> I like their business model. I feel like I could contribute. That's awesome. That's great. Yes. But I knew, I I marked time age eight when I wanted to get into radio. Mm. When did you get that bug to be in this business? Oh, man. Not for a while. It would have been, I wanted to be a fireman, Mm -hmm. and then I wanted to be an air traffic controller. Oh, wow. You like high pressure situations, Apparently. Well, (laughs) it doesn't matter. It's too stupid for all these. So it's just... (laughs) childhood pipe dreams but my my father was in the air force he was an air traffic controller uh during Uh the war so um and then a herpetologist was uh was a big driving in uh middle school early high school yeah which is uh uh, uh, not the study of herpes it's uh reptiles and amphibians um biology kind of stuff i've never heard that word first of all that that is the proper name for someone who studies uh reptiles and amphibians And, and how did you get that bug just I had pet kid. lizards. I used okay. to love uh, catching snakes out in the, the garden and, and keeping them in, in tubs in the garage and freaking my you mom out. You wanted to be a firefighter. You <laughs> wanted to be an air traffic controller. And then you <laughs> caught snakes as a kid. I mean, you like to live on the edge. Apparently, as much of the edge as uh, <laughs> suburban Connecticut will, will provide or Amish country, Pennsylvania. But I, uh, I got into journalism um, – in high school, because I wanted to, to take more writing in English classes, because um, I've been a voracious reader since I was very, very young, okay. um, and I've always enjoyed writing. And uh, had uh, you know how you'll have that one teacher in high school that, that makes the difference in your life, that, that changes your whole trajectory? For me, it was uh, it was Adam Barkaski at, uh, at Pequay Valley High School. He showed me a side of writing and... You know, political engagement, civic engagement, um, just he showed me what journalism was and could be and and just really sparked something in me that I was like, oh, I, I really like this. I'm, cool. I'm going to stick to that. So Very cool. Uh, if Mr. B is listening to this, uh, thanks, Mr. B. I, I, I think. We'll, we'll see. TBD. <laughs> <laughs> so you're a big reader. And I guess my next question then would be, what's your favorite book or, or name some books that you're you know big fan of? You know, I came up on Michael Crichton. Hmm. Um, I uh, I stole my dad's copy of Jurassic Park when I was in like uh, I think fourth or fifth grade, and I was reading it. At, was this at, before, or after you were obsessed with reptiles and all that stuff? This was probably a little before, if okay. not during the early stages. So I just put that together. Nice. Who knows? You know, Jurassic uh, Park, huh. dinosaurs. Of course, those dinosaurs were birds, right? Or, or, I see. That's that's what yeah. Doctor Grant's uh, that's right. competitor that's right. says. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I, I stole his copy of Jurassic Park. I got in trouble at school for reading that book. The teacher said, what? "The teacher said um, you should not be reading this book. It's too advanced for you." My parents were not pleased with with that teacher. Good. <laughs> said, what are you doing, discouraging this young boy right? from reading books? Right? You absolute moron! Why are you a teacher? So uh, <laughs> I've never heard of a teacher that said, "Nah, you know what? It's so cool that he's reading, but." <laughs> Shouldn't be reading that. No, nuh-uh. No, let's dumb it down a little bit. Get him some, uh, yeah. So you said you write, or... or, or 
I like to write. Yeah, I do some creative writing on the side. Uh, like what kind of what are we talking about? Short stories, um, poetry. Way back in the day, are and these it's things that see the light of day, or just no, for your own enjoyment. No, my own enjoyment. I don't okay. even think my wife has has read any of this stuff. <laughs> <laughs> but there there is a novel somewhere inside me that uh, probably when I'm about seventy five years old, it'll find its way out. Good for you. I'm thinking aliens on an uninhabited island. <laughs> Wait a minute, is the island on Earth? I don't want to steal your story. Well, I mean, it, it, I mean, can't give away the ending. Well, so <laughs> I'm looking forward to this. Maybe a shipwreck. Can I know, pre-order you know, this? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because I don't want. Yeah. Just give me ten bucks right now, and I'll I keep it wanna, in mind. Want to miss out? Yeah. <laughs> okay. So you work here at the Blaze, going on a decade. Mm-hmm. Like all of us, you've had other jobs that you've held. I'm going to save. Hold on. Let me go through these because I'm saving one for last because that okay. one is very intriguing. Oh boy. You're a server at Rita's Water Ice. Oh, yeah. I don't know. What is Rita's Water Ice? Northeastern people know. Okay. uh, I don't know why they call it Water Ice. It's the stupidest name ever because water is ice. (laughs) Okay. Um, It's like a soft Italian ice. It's a little bit looser, a little bit closer to... Ice cream. Yeah, I, I thought I knew kind of what you're talking mm-hmm. about. It's just, it's just kind of like um, I know what you're talking about. But a server, like, are you in like um, like it, a? It was like a little one room. I was gonna say like a little shack. It's like an ice cream the, store. Yeah, yeah. Okay, and I, cool. I would uh, take the orders. You know, scoop the ice, do the little ice cream swirl on top. How long of a uh, line did you have to deal with at its worst? Oh man, in the summer months. Um, pretty uh pretty long i'm just I'm by sure. yourself in there i'm trying to think of of what i can <laughs> say because there's there's a really interesting part of of this saga that that may end up getting me sued but it's been, it's it's been so long now so you know annie ann's pretzels yeah um ann byler lived in my neighborhood growing up in in amish country pennsylvania okay. in this little town called gap uh her house looked like a normal house but it went like six stories down into the ground. She had, like, a pool and, like, a bunch of cars and motorcycles. Really cool lady, really charitable. Um, She was a favorite of the neighborhood kids, you know, in in terms of having us over and, and, you know, coming and watching us play hockey in the cul-de-sac, stuff like that. So we knew her, and uh, we worked at at Rita's, me and my friend David, and I'm I'm bringing him into this, too, because if I'm going down, he's going down with me. Nice. And uh, so we worked at, at Rita's, and... We had a talk from our boss who said, listen, if, if we called her Annie and if Annie Ann comes around, um, serve her, take her money, be polite, but don't talk to her too much about anything and don't give her our secret stabilizing powder, which was a, a white powder which main, maintained the, the flavor throughout the ice. A white powder. Mm-hmm. The, it was the secret ingredient, you know, what, what made Rita's Rita's. <laughs> And uh, so, sure enough, uh, Annie Ann came. Uh, of course, <laughs> came looking, and she was she was very uh, she was very friendly with the neighborhood kids. Uh-huh. Um, so I'm gonna yada 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 over some stuff, <laughs> and a couple of months later, Annie Ann's Crayamo opens up, which was a, a Rita's Water Ice knockoff from Annie Ann. That uh, oh no, that, that did not last. Unfortunately, it was quite good. Um, it did not last though. And it, okay. But we, we love Annie Ann, and uh, to this day, I, I try to grab a pretzel wherever. And you do have a, a, an attorney that you keep on retainer. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. He's, he's listening right now. Very good. Very good. It's my dad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you've been a server at various restaurants and stuff. What's like the, the worst customer experience that you've ever had like with a- Amish people. Oh, really? Yeah. They're not listening, so I can say this. Um <laughs> They they don't tip, um, or if, or if they do tip, it's it's very very small. And uh, we had a party of fourteen 
that stayed for about three hours, and I had to work over the end of my shift. A no. um, couple hundred dollar bill, all said and done, I think like a dollar twelve left on the table at the end of the night as a tip, um, oh. just as the change that they had gotten. And that's I, horrible, uh, man. Yeah, it's uh, and and I, I get it. It's it's a cultural difference, but that cultural difference, uh, you know, was affecting my college payments. <laughs> no kidding. Wow. See, that's too bad. There wasn't somebody in the group. I'm gonna out my. Uh, my grandfather, when he was around, you know, we'd go out to eat or something. He would leave a dollar on the table because he's cheap, mm-hmm. you know. And and I would wait till he was almost to the door, and I'd kind of hang back, and I would have, you know, you did the extra, tip padding, yeah, like that back, curb, yeah. your, curb your enthusiasm oh, episode, yeah. And, see, <laughs> and, and I'd go back I, and um, you know, make sure that they were taken care of because mm-hmm. uh, that's terrible, man. Yeah, it's you know, say what you will about the 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 tipping style of of the American restaurant industry. It's the system we got. And you should take care of these people. You right. know? I agree. I agree totally. So you worked in a warehouse. What did you have to do in there? Carry stuff around. Yeah. I was in the best shape. The only time I've been in anything considered good shape was that summer at the Feed and Supply Warehouse. Yeah, Stoltzfus <laughs> Feed and Supply Warehouse, also in Lancaster County. Uh-huh. Um, the most popular last name in uh, in southeastern Pennsylvania is, Stoltz, is Stoltzfus. Wow. Mm-hmm. I would have never guessed Like that. more popular than like Miller or Smith, and there's a lot of them too, but just uh, That's a amazing. lot of, because there's a lot of Amish and Mennonite out there, and Stoltzfus is just a, a big name all around. And even non-Amish uh, or Mennonite people yeah. have the last name Stoltzfus. Thank you for that. Describe, if you can, briefly, the, uh, and I'll edit this out if you totally flub this, so it's okay, <laughs> no, no risk here, uh, the difference between the Amish and the Mennonites. Um, the, the Mennonites are like Amish that have just lost their way. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> no, if, if you're going to put, uh, Amish and English on a, on a line, um, Mennonite are somewhere in the middle. They, they've got cars, but there's certain rules for the cars. They have to be like black and stuff and they have to hold a certain amount of people. <laughs> you know, they, they can use electricity and stuff, but they're, they're very limited on what they do use. Um, I, I really don't know a whole lot about yeah. the Mennonite. I, okay. I, I knew personally more Amish people than I did Mennonites because right. uh, I worked with a couple at the warehouse. And um, it, yeah, and it's not a it's not a a, a Mennonite smorgasbord, right? I, right, that's a that's an Amish thing, right? Where they had all the food and the big bowls. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, okay. yeah, that's an Amish thing. And and all oh, the restaurants out in uh, Lancaster County. Like if you go to a, a there's a place called Kelly's. It's it's just a traditional Amish restaurant. They make their own everything. Peanut yeah. butter, chips, and oh. It's I, just... I can't remember the name of the restaurant we went to when we, you know, we lived up in New Jersey and we went to Amish country, like I said earlier, mm-hmm. and we ate at one of those places. Mm-hmm. I have never been so full in my life on a day that wasn't in November. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. uh, that was so good. The food was incredible. And they're all so skinny. I mean, they, they work very hard, obviously, yeah. from early to, to late, but and like you said, you you were in the best shape of your life when you worked at the feed store. You're carrying around like sacks of food and stuff like that. Yeah, right? horse feed, corn, uh-huh. concrete, right. um, anything a, a farm would need, we probably okay. carried. And uh, which transitions into the the other job that I wanted to get to that you had oh, a no. corn pollinator. There it is. What mm-hmm. is corn pollinating, and is it something we can talk about on this podcast? We sure can. And uh, it was actually a, a very fascinating aspect of living in in Amish country was that. Farming and agriculture was not just an Amish thing. It's It was a, a huge industry for everybody out there. Mm-hmm. And there was a corn research facility known as Pioneer. 
and and we're talking high tech like genetic kind of testing and yeah. stuff. Um, and this doesn't um, don't think this sounds too weird to me. Okay, mm-hmm. again, I went to the University of Nebraska. Their oh yeah, so you know corn husks. You know all about the, yeah. the female and male strands of corn and everything. I'm gonna let and, you tell us. Yeah, so <laughs> walk us through. <laughs> so, like any good successful company, it, it has to be uh, built upon the backs of young under the table uh, unskilled labor, uh, a bunch of 14, 15 year old kids. You know, making ten bucks an hour yeah. under the table. Um, <laughs> Wait, what? Out, out in these massive <laughs> fields, um, when you're doing research on corn, it has to be grown and uh, pollinated in a very particular way. You know, if you have a field of corn, all of the different plants are going to pollinate each other just chaotically. You know, willy nilly, the winds blowing everything around. Uh-huh. As a corn pollinator, my job was to take the pollen from a single plant of corn. And make sure that pollen got only onto the little shoots of ears of corn for that plant, um, which would require taking a big paper bag, putting it on the top of the stalk, which is where the pollen comes from, and the little shoots of the ears, we had what we called corn condoms. Um, They they were little white paper bags that uh, we would slip down over the, uh, over the, the ears of corn. Thusly, you'd be taking the pollen from one plant and making sure it only got on itself. That is awesome. And, and that way you could, you know, have whole quadrants of corn that were male, female, uh, sweet corn, feed corn, all, all kinds of who knows what kind of Frankenstein so, crap they were getting up to. So the corn that we love, mm-hmm. um, different variations, like you just said, mm-hmm. is because of great people like you. I don't know that they uh, like sold this corn as like feed what? or for food. I think this was purely for research and and Aww. sciencey type stuff. Well, maybe down the line, your efforts of putting condoms on on corn <laughs> helped out. I don't know. Uh, it that, was it was great though. My mom worked there. My sister worked there. Oh, that's cool. You know, we we all went through, and it is miserable work being out there. Even if it's only ninety degrees, it just it feels hotter. Corn plants, as you know, being from Nebraska, can be very sharp, and uh, you got to wear long sleeves. Otherwise, you're you're gonna come home looking all cut up and stuff. So yeah, it's not fun. No. <laughs> okay, so I think recently, really recently, you got married, right? I sh- sure did. Uh, how long has it been? What's today? February. It's been like four months, four or five months. Mm-hmm. Um, thanks for dating the podcast. Uh, no, <laughs> oh, <shoot. laughs> so he recently got married, and um, uh, her name's Jessica. Sure is. Mm-hmm. Okay, very cool. Congratulations. Thank you. And Thank you. I, I send out these questions just so you're, you know, in advance, you kind of have a heads up of what I'm going to ask mm-hmm. and stuff. And one of the questions I ask is, do you have any kids? And this is the greatest answer I've gotten yet. I sure hope not. <laughs> <laughs> great response. Great response. Purely uh, written in sarcasm. Sure. Do you uh, have plans to uh, have a family someday, or uh, you guys? It's uh, it's a little early on for that mm-hmm. discussion. We uh, we're still trying to get our honeymoon planned. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. That's not a discussion you have before you decide to tie the knot. So we we have decided that we are open to the idea if okay. if and when it feels like the right move okay. for us. You know, yeah. I. I I promise not to pry any further along these lines. I, I think we would both love to have kids. I, I think it's a matter of whether or not we think the world's in a place that, that we want to bring a, another oh. life into. So. Oh, then you're never having kids. <laughs> exactly. this world sucks, yep, man. you kidding me? the best birth control. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the evening news is the best form of birth control. Now exactly. can't have a baby now. world's going to hell. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> you said that last night and the <laughs> night before. Uh, okay, so when you have any downtime, which, you know, working here is, is a rarity, mm-hmm. I realize. What do you like? to do for fun man 
I've taken to instant pot cooking recently. Um, <laughs> just It's this great thing that Jessica bought. You just put a whole bunch of ingredients in a pot. You turn on the pressure like 15 minutes later, like some gourmet stuff comes out. It's great. Aren't those the most fascinating inventions ever? It's like it's like a slow cooker, but you, you're taking out the eight hours and turning it into 15 minutes. It almost minutes. feels like, okay, what's the catch here? Mm-hmm. Am I getting cancer by eating what's coming out of this Instant Pot? Absolutely. Seriously. Mm-hmm. Something's got to be wrong with fascinating it. Fascinating inventions. I... I I'm glad you mentioned that because uh, so so you've been you've been experimenting with uh, yeah recipes I've, I've or done something? like six meals at this point like this is not okay. like this All is right. this is not a, a long term hobby that I've had but I have been enjoying it but I, I'm a I'm a reader I'm a, a TV watcher I'm a video game player I like to uh, once the insanity of the days worn off I like to I like to settle down yeah. and relax and uh, my gotcha. my wife is very much the same way you know we're big uh, consumers of uh, of media and and, and Movies, TV shows, all that kind okay, of stuff. Okay, so I, I got it. Yeah, you got books, video games, movies, TVs. But let's go back to the Instant Pot because yeah, this oh, is yeah. a mm-hmm. fascinating discussion. Um, as you impress yourself with whatever you cook in there and dishes turn out great. I'm, I'm so easily impressed by myself, too. It's, I'm going to need some uh, something to pass along here uh, to the wife because um, ooh, that sounds like... Uh, the some, firecracker chicken. Um, okay, yeah, just be sending this stuff. Whenever, yeah, whenever, yeah. Like I said, I'll when you impress you yourself, yeah. mm-hmm. send it to me, please. It's pretty good. Uh, okay. Any pets that you have? Uh, are you an animal lover or anything like that? Or? Yeah, yeah. We, uh, we have a, a cat that was formerly my cat. Uh, when, when I first moved to New York City, I had to live out in Jersey City, New oh. Jersey. Oh, isn't um, it a lovely state? Yeah, uh, we only had one major shootout between the gangs and the police, and only a couple people died. So, okay. and that's that's a true story, actually. Oh. Um, I, I had to spend the morning, like six in the morning, on the floor with my cat, like, holding on to it because there were bullets flying by the windows oh outside. Oh, my gosh. I had to uh, have a police officer walk me from my apartment to the PATH station. Um, it was it was outside Journal Square, real, real nasty area of uh-huh. Jersey City. And I got to work at CNN. I had a little TV on my desk, and it's like massive shooting in Jersey City. I was like, that was me. I was right there. <laughs> That's that's uh that's rough um, and, and so i i was it was it's hard to make friends in jersey city it's hard uh, to I, make friends in it's hard jersey. to make friends it's hard to make friends as an adult but uh yes. so i adopted a kitty in jersey city and uh he's a, a great little cat named zek comes from a, a star wars name from a book i read a million years ago that's a and, cool name uh, z-e-k-k that's it yep like it yeah mm-hmm. all right and uh he's uh He's got personality. Yeah, he, he's he's not just going to give it up. You know, you got to earn his affection. <laughs> the uh, my first time that uh, that Jessica came over to the apartment when we were dating, um, I, I gave her this warning: like, listen, the cat's a little you know weird around new people. You know, he won't attack you, but he'll bite or scratch if you try to pick him up. She walks in, oh, scoops no. this thing up in her wow. arms, flips him on his back, and just starts petting his belly. Something what? something I've never what? done. And the cat was so shocked by the audacity of the act that he just didn't do anything. Um, and she put him down a little bit later, and he ran off looking all confused. And I think that set the dynamic of wow. the relationship. That Who's they, the alpha now? Uh, they've gotten along ever <laughs> since. Uh, just to clarify, this isn't the apartment in Jersey. This is locally. Right, yes. This okay. was here in Dallas. Mm-hmm. Okay, I was about to say. I mean, so... I love that cat. Yeah, that's awesome. I, I've... I love cats with personality. He was a, a rescue from Amish country. He was a because oh, wow. uh, barn cats out there, the the Amish and, and even just regular farmers treat them like rats, like vermin. You know they'll you know they'll send an exterminator to get rid of barn cats because they just spread and multiply. 
Um, so this cat was found in a trash bag with his brothers and sisters, and he was the only one that survived. No. So we were at the SPCA or the, the oh. Humane Society or whatever, and I, I had picked out this little orange one that, that just looked stoned. Like this little <laughs> kid just looked out of his mind. Um, and then they come in this basket, and I see this little brown guy peeking his head over, and it was, you know, who would eventually become Zach. And that's I said, nope, that's the one. That's this feels the one. right. That's so, really cool, man. Yeah. That's awesome. You talked about crappy apartment experiences. <laughs> when I lived in Houston, uh, this is the irony of where I've lived, okay? I lived 45 minutes north of the city, and you would think it would be a nice, safe area or whatever. It was a nasty apartment complex. Mm. I mean, I had a leaky ceiling for six months that I complained about, and I, I sent um, I sent registered mail and all stuff. Nothing could get done, and literally, Adam, I'm not kidding, I went in for the last box, my last uh, thing when I was moving out. Oh, no. And this guy came up the stairs, a maintenance guy, goes, yeah, I'm here to check out your uh, leaky uh, ceiling you got. And I'm like, are you kidding me, man? That don't that was on purpose. Oh. Don't don't think for a second right. that was an accident. Right, yeah. And so... Um, he must have pissed someone off. <laughs> oh, who don't I piss off? So anyhow, um, I there was, a, there was a tropical storm, Allison, that hit. There was 38 inches of rain, you know, Oof. just a couple of miles recorded uh, from my apartment complex. So there's massive flooding. Because Houston's traditionally kind of a dry area. No, no? no. I, I don't know much about Houston. No, Houston is set up whereas you spit in the street mm-hmm. and you go in, turn on the Weather Channel, and wait for the flash flood warning. <laughs> That's <laughs> like how it. Houston is. Gotcha. But uh, about a week before this tropical storm hit, the dump you know over three feet of rain in some parts. This this mama cat, this black mama cat, walked across the street in front of me, and these little kittens were following mm-hmm. her like ducklings, right? Mm-hmm. And they were all black, and I was like, oh, it's cute. And then about a week later. I was leaving my apartment one Saturday morning, and this little whiny little kitten, little black kitten, was crawling <gasps> up, you know. Uh, Anyhow, and uh, the family hadn't moved. Uh, well, Carrie, uh, we didn't have kids at the time. Carrie hadn't moved to Houston yet. And so I adopted this kitten. And You uh, need someone to come home to. Right, right, exactly. So it was me and Clarence for a few months. Clarence, I like it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The reason I tell you this story is we lived in this apartment complex, much like your Jersey City experience. But thankfully, I didn't risk li- or didn't realize I was risking life or limb. Until I, years later, I had moved away uh, several cities later. I was in Charleston, South Carolina. News broke about uh, this guy who had uh, chopped up his girlfriend and then uh, grilled her out on a grill in the oh parking boy. lot oh of boy. the apartment complex where I had lived just a few years before. Oh, boy. That's fun to see. That, uh... Yeah. So, but, Do you remember any one evening thinking like, oh, man, something smells great? <laughs> no, no. This happened after I moved yeah. away. Yeah, yeah. That is terrifying. It, it is, yeah, it's, it was bad. It could be anyone. You yeah. don't know. But see, when then then we moved down to the hood. Mm. Didn't have a problem with anybody. No. Not a problem mm-hmm. with anyone. Then we moved to the far western edge of Omaha, Nebraska. And in two weeks uh, after living there, someone stole my car stereo. You just never know who you're sharing nope. the space with, mm-hmm. and uh, looks can be deceiving. Yeah, I went four years in North Philly at, at Temple with no issues, and mm-hmm. then I moved to Dallas. And in in this, my first apartment was uh, up on uh, off of Greenville Avenue, kind of near the M Street. It's really fancy area, really nice apartment. Yeah, and uh, my car got broken into like the first few months I was here. Um, Doesn't that feel great? I know. I was I mean, just like, oh, isn't that fun I'm being home. being violated <laughs> like that? Yes. Mm. <laughs> okay, so you've got some interesting talents. You can write and record songs oh yeah did i really put that yeah you oh. put that that doesn't require proof though right like, no, no, no 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 there's not gonna i'm not gonna fantastic. splice in a, a song unless you want me to don't, don't touch my ipod yes sir yes sir <laughs> uh are we talking about like are you playing instruments or are you just singing uh both i play guitar bass and uh i've been known to to sing a little bit where do you where do you is this like you're writing you just do it for yourself 
Yeah, yeah. I was in a band in high school. Okay. Um, a really, just imagine if Blink-182 was just worse than they already are. Just infinitely wow. worse, and that was us. Wow. Um, okay. Even covering some of their songs Were terribly. you the lead singer? I was. Uh I want I want to hear something. No, there's there's I think there's a video on my Facebook page of an old oh, concert oh. at uh, at Java Joe's in, in Pennsylvania. But uh, <laughs> yeah, um, once uh, I, I started the career and went to New York and and then ultimately Texas before I met Jessica. Like we said, it's it's hard to make friends, yeah. so you you look for things to to fill the time. And I had uh, just a, a little MacBook with a plug-in mic, and you know it came pre-installed with GarageBand or whatever. And nice. I, knew, I knew a little bit about audio editing, so I just would lay down acoustic songs. Um, got okay. probably 15 or 20 of them. And uh, my, my high school band actually does have an album. Um, uh, it, it's, I'm going to need to hear that. It's uh, the, So the band was Breaking Something Beautiful because we had all seen Fight Club and thought it was the coolest thing in the world. <laughs> um, it, 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 I got a shout-out to David Savakinas, Phil Copley, and Dusty Stuppy. Those guys were uh, cool. we were terrible. But yes. uh, I'll, I'll, I'll play you something sometime. Yes, You'll you get will. A kick out of it. <laughs> Please, thank you. Okay, so you know, I, I just realized at this point in the conversation, and my brain just got triggered or reminded, I should say, when you talked about audio editing. Mm-hmm. It's like, I didn't ask you what you do under this roof. Uh, for the blaze earlier, <laughs> I don't know what I do. Yeah, so I mean, because your your role has really evolved over the last ten years. Oh yeah, um, it's, it's so many different ways. And one thing and another. The yeah. Whole time. So what what is it that you uh, currently do here or have done? I mean, whatever you want to tell me. So I guess it uh, just lay it out linearly. Uh, started as a, a PA on Glenn show, um, just kind of floating around all his projects. More just a Glenn PA. I helped out with a little bit of and, radio. And that, and, that's a uh, production assistant. Yeah, mm-hmm. okay. production assistant. This was back in New York. Um, the real old days. Um, worked with Glenn for a long time, um, and really, really found my stride as uh, as an employee here when I uh, started on the Wonderful World of Stu, which nice. was a, a comedy sketch program with Stu Bergier, uh-huh. and uh, we had seven great seasons a, a couple of really fun years i i am so proud of some of the stuff i Good, did on that show um you know I, I pull it out to show new people all the time and uh that's why i'm so excited uh to recently have moved because i went back to glenn after that ended we just there was no logistical way to keep that going and yeah. you know we, we we did a lot of cool stuff mm-hmm. So back to Glenn for a while, and now Stu does America. I'm, yeah. I'm so excited to uh, to be back on a project with Stu, especially a, a cool. comedy show with him. Yeah. You know, we 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 click very well in terms of of our writing, what yeah. we think is funny. Yeah, the sense of humor. I mm-hmm. mean, your sense of humor is spectacular, and that's one of the reasons I wanted to talk to you for this podcast. Oh, thank you. Yeah, yeah absolutely. I um, uh, start my stand up career uh, this afternoon. Um, oh wow! Okay. Um, <laughs> can I, sure can to... I use the studio? <laughs> yeah, and and there's gonna be a concert in here later with your garage. Yeah, band yeah. I got cool. about four people that I know All that right, are gonna good. come watch. That's good. You're, oh, you're one of them. Okay. Well, uh, shoot, I'm busy. <laughs> Just check my schedule. I can't swing it. I'm washing my hair which you know is a lie since I have none. Um, okay. you, know, you, you have some of mine. It's, it's beautiful and bountiful. And Listen to you bragging over there. It's all I got, man. He's got it's a all beautiful got. head of hair. Yes, That's sir. It. That's it. And so under the uh, question, what is something people don't know about you? Do you want to tell uh, the good folks? What uh, did I say? Something about your politics. No, uh, there, there's no need to, uh, to go into that too deeply. Let's just say the great thing about <laughs> television, and especially political television, even more especially in the comedy world, where you're just looking 
for ways to make light and make fun of anything. It's it's great that we live in a country where you can work for a network that that espouses certain political views that you don't have to line up with them yourself. Yeah. I'm a, I'm an individual, Keith, and yeah. uh, I, I can't be defined on a black and white. Right no, on. and I think that's completely fair. Um, no, I'm a bleeding heart liberal. I'm absolutely a bleeding heart liberal. Yeah, but 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 correct me if I'm wrong. You have no problem making fun of your side. Oh, when no. it's necessary. Oh, it's ridiculous. And you find the humor in it, and you can write to that. <laughs> it's really easy. Um, and that's the thing. You know, I don't think anything is so sacred that we can't just laugh about it. Because yeah. once we do, then that's when everything starts getting so tribal and, mm-hmm. and angry and confrontational. And, you know, I'm, I'm a very big believer in everybody believe what you believe and, and stand up for yourself and what you believe. But don't, like... Don't be a jerk about it to other people. Like, <laughs> right, right. Have your beliefs, but uh, can we still laugh together? Yeah, right? and I, I have a lot of personal beliefs that probably fall more in the the conservative area. You know, I'm, I'm very pro life. Um, although I consider myself liberal, I'm just not a big fan of killing things. You know, any any kind of thing, <laughs> especially babies. So, uh-huh. you know, it's just it's it's. So so, are your friends mostly liberal? Oh or yeah. Conser- oh, okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, how do they react to the fact that you work for Glenn Beck? Um, they, you know, they, they get it. Uh, I'm sure at the start, you know, uh, it was probably a little like, really, what, what are you doing there? But I, I always tell everyone the same thing when that question comes up. It's like Glenn Beck may be, you know, people know Fox News firebrand Glenn Beck, but the Glenn Beck I know has never spoken, like, he, he tells the truth to, to what he believes, and he never BSs. Mm-hmm. Same with Stu. You know, the, I, I may not agree with everything that Glenn and Stu believe, but man, they're telling the truth, and they're doing it because they believe it's beneficial for all of us as a, a country, a society. And I just, I respect people who don't try to lie. Yeah, 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 <laughs> Dude, yeah thank you. Yeah. You know, just people and, are so full of crap, and you and, find anyone who, who is just willing to be honest and, and listen to you be honest, and that's another thing. You know, Glenn's always said, I like to surround myself with people who have different ideas than me because it helps strengthen my own. Such a big believer in hmm, that concept. That's great. I mean, have you lost any friends over who your employer is? Or no. Okay, well, that's good. That's if, good. No. That if, gives if, me some hope. If I would, then I probably wouldn't be friends with people like that in the first place. You know, that's point. just such a... Yeah. You want to publish a book in your lifetime? That is, yeah. Mm-hmm. That we talked book, a little bit before. That mm-hmm. book that's living in your head from earlier? Is that what you're talking that, about? That's, that's just one idea. I, mm-hmm. I really would love to write just a great horror novel, something that really shocked people. Um, I, uh, I'm a big Stephen King fan, have always been a huh? huge fan of his son, Joe Hill. Um, if anyone hasn't heard of Stephen King's son, Joe Hill, and his writings, he is better than his father, in my huh. opinion. And, and I read this book that Joe Hill did called The Fireman about a, uh, a, a post-apocalyptic scenario where uh, people are spontaneously combusting. Um, because of a disease uh, they're bursting into flames and, and dying across the planet and it was the most original gut-wrenching <laughs> thriller really because there was nothing supernatural about it outside of this this disease that makes you burst into flames oh, man. <laughs> but man that that novel just What's the, name of it? the fireman and it was just so good it, and and I, I i read this series of books called the expanse as well which is a, a great tv show that they made and 
these these guys, the way they write, it just makes me angry because it's so good. So good. And, and I could, ne- I don't think I I could ever write anything like that. But I want to try. Yeah, that's, that's the goal. That's Go the for bu- it. the bucket list right there. That's that's it. Well, you and I should get together because I kind of have an idea for a screenplay. Ah. Bounce it off of you and see if you think there's anything. I'd love there. to experiment yeah. with the screenplay. All right, cool. But under the heading bucket list, you know, because I asked that question uh, in the email. You said that you wanted to uh, go to space or the moon, mm-hmm. wherever they'll have you, right? You mm-hmm. know. Um, Did I put on there about my ashes? Yeah, you said yeah. you would settle for having <laughs> your ashes shot into space. Mm-hmm. I think that's a it, thing. But yeah, I, which is fine. But I don't think that that counts as a bucket list because I think the bucket list you have to still be alive, right? Yeah, but does anybody really know what happens to the spirit after death? Like, is, it could be like <laughs> that that Doctor Who spinoff where people are still alive no matter what happens. So it's really crazy. Uh, uh, well, that's that. I've, I've never heard of anyone who wanted their ashes um, shot into space. Um, Either there how, or how, how could you go about doing that? Like, who do you call the the, the guy who runs uh, Richard Branson? You're going to call him, and it's it's a company. Uh, I remember hearing about it, seeing it on Reddit or something. But uh, just this guy that was you know building rockets to send people's ashes into not like I don't think you know on a trajectory to head out of the solar system. It probably gets up into like the one of the lower levels, just somewhere and just where it just starts becomes space junk. Right? Yeah, and I would love to think that my space junk would one day collide with the ISS and and you know just. <laughs> cause a complete global catastrophe. Oh, uh, that's good. That's People good. People would remember that. Yeah, they would. <laughs> oh, no, there's Adam's ashes or or they would they would be planning missions uh to make sure that they didn't uh intercept your ashes or something or collide with them or whatever like a, like an asteroid belt. Yeah, that uh, could have been me that killed Clooney in Gravity. See? Oh, spoiler. Sorry. Did uh, he die? Haven't seen it. Was, was Was it any good? It was good the first time. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. In theaters, it's, yeah. Um <laughs> all right. Well, that's uh that's cool, man. Do you think that we will see regular space travel in our lifetime? Um, I, I really don't know. Not not through anything government funded. I don't think. I okay. think. And the, when I say space travel, regular space, I mean with individuals like you and me. Colon, not, not colonization of, yeah. of the moon or Mars. I would love to see it in my lifetime. It's going to be done um, uh, privately. The super, future supervillains like Elon Musk. Those are going to be the people that actually inject the capital to do these kind of things. You right. know, it's never going to happen under the, the government banner. And who knows what China's doing on the dark side of the moon right now. <laughs> You're not kidding. So, uh, you know, if I have to defect to become Chinese to have them shoot my ashes up into space, you know, that's fine. <laughs> I'm going to figure it out. All right. <laughs> Anything else that I miss you want to add here? Tell us about yourself. I hate uh, talking about myself, but this yeah. has been fun. Yeah, you good, know? good, this good. Is, uh, Thanks for spending time. I've enjoyed it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's nice to, to reflect on this company because, uh, you know, like you said, being of a different political mind here in a building like this, it has been such a non-issue that I mm. have put non-thought into for so long because nobody cares. No. You know, we're, we all respect each other's beliefs. Uh, we all make fun of each other mercilessly, as good friends do. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, th- this company is – it sounds so cliche, but it's a family. You yeah. know, this is I've, – I've put blood, sweat, into tears into to this network and, you know, I would I – would, I wouldn't take a bullet for Glenn Beck, but I'd, I'd definitely be like, "Hey, watch out! There's a bullet coming." Yeah, <laughs> I think I take a splinter. For yeah, Glenn. exactly. Okay, a right. big splinter, one of those nasty ones. I love okay. this company. I love yeah. working with you guys. Cool. Well, us too, man. Adam Ford from the Blaze. What is your title with Studios America? Let's go with managing producer. That was last I heard. Managing producer mm-hmm. of Studios America, Adam Ford. Thanks, buddy. Thank you. This has been at the mic with Keith, an independent podcast production. Look for At The Mike Show on Twitter to connect.